This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Preview Podcast, a look ahead to Liverpool's trip to Brighton and Hove Albion today. My name is Paul Wheelock and for anyone who has never listened to this show, we get the inside track on the Reds' next opponents by speaking to a reporter, fan or former player. So to get the lowdown on Brighton, I picked up the phone to Brian Owen of the Argus newspaper. Liverpool may have seen their unbeaten start come to an end in their first Premier League game of the new year, but you would think they will return to winning ways today and re-establish their 7-point lead at the top over Manchester City. After all, they've yet to drop a point this season against a team from outside the top six, and their victories over Brighton last season could not have been more comprehensive. But the Seagulls have improved since then, which was evident in their narrow 1-0 defeat at Anfield back in August. However, can they actually become the first side outside of City, Arsenal and Chelsea to take points off Jurgen Klopp's side? We'll find out off Brian before we hear from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce after he attended Klopp's press conference. Enjoy and we'll be back later today with the post-game podcast. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Thanks very much for joining me to talk all things bright and ahead of Liverpool's trip to the Amex on Saturday. You okay, mate? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Paul. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Looking forward to this game. Uh, you know, probably if you look, you look at it, you probably set the scene. Brighton are going well in the Premier League, but they'll probably still be considered underdogs for the visit to Liverpool. But Liverpool do have major injury concerns in defence, which must give Brighton a bit of hope. But we've we've probably been here before, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, last season, last season, I can remember before the game because where I sit in the press box at the Amex, I'm right behind the visiting media, and they were trying to work out what are they doing at the back, and it was it was a back three. I think Emre Chan was involved in it. Um, he obviously ended up scoring the first goal with a header from a corner. Um, the, the wing backs or full backs were Alexander Arnold and Robertson, which I think probably <coughs> would make people a little bit, bit, bit more nervous in December 2017 than it does now. And um, yeah, there, there was that. It is almost an action replay, and obviously Liverpool were just devastating on counter attacks and went ahead with a very basic set piece goal. So. Um, I think Brighton is all about trying to improve on what they did last season and they go into this in, yeah, pretty good heart and not desperate, you know, not in that desperate sort of straits where they need a win. I'm not really sure that's best for Brighton, but um, we'll see. There's certainly a lot of anticipation about the game down here, that's for sure. No one apart from, I think, it was the Chelsea game wasn't the last season when they won 4-0. Uh, apart from Liverpool, I don't think anyone's took Brighton to the cleaners at all in the, the two seasons back in the Premier League. But are they a better team than probably what they've shown in last season's corresponding fixture and, and on that last game of the season where the, the job had, was done for Brighton at that stage and Liverpool obviously won 4-0? Oh, yeah, that one. That was, um, <coughs> yeah, that was, they were three-weeks a little bit then. Um, I mean, I think they, showed, they put up a better fight early, earlier in the season. Definitely, they, yeah. They, up to that maxim that they have of stay in the game, stay in the game, even if they're behind, just stay in the game, and you never know what might happen. And right at the end, Pascal Gross had a header, sort of <clears throat> well saved by by the by Alison Becker. So looking back, one of the things I remember from that game last season was that Brighton. It was obviously their first half season in the Premier League. Yeah, they were more or less playing the same team every, the same lineup every week. They were still building their squad. They went to Manchester United on the Saturday and put in a <clears throat> really good performance and were unlucky to lose 1-0. They had a midweek derby against Crystal Palace, which is always a sort of a stressful, high-intensity, slightly annoying sort of game, both physically <laughs> and sort of mentally and nervously. And then the Liverpool game came at the end of that week and it was probably their first big week in the Premier League. And I can remember people before that game around the press box and the press room saying, oh, I think we might get something today. And, and it just caught up with them. 
and that wasn't the only time we caught up with them towards the end of uh, you know a busy week. I think they've got a bigger squad now. They know a bit more what they're doing. Um, recently, they beat Everton one nil, very tight game. Could have easily been a draw, and that was another of those where it was the third game of three in eight days, and they hung on, and that was quite a good. I thought that was quite a good sign of how they maybe grown as a team and a squad. They've made changes. They've changed the formation. Um, yeah, I think they're, they've advanced a long way from from that sort of uh, was it December, wasn't it, of last season? So to have Liverpool, of course. So uh, so we'll we'll see how they shape up. Yeah, and there's no getting away from it, is it? It does look like Liverpool will only have the one fit and available centre back or senior centre back in Virgil Van Dijk. So, do you think which forward will be, you know, will be tasked with the responsibility of maybe taking advantage of that? I mean, I know one of uh, we spoke earlier this season before the Anfield game, we were praising Glenn Murray to the high heavens. Yeah. He's, he's top scored again, yeah. but is he played as much recently at the moment? No, he hasn't. Flip side, how big a loss is going to be the goalkeeper Matthew Ryan, who's uh, he's away with Australia, isn't he? At the, the Asian Games, he's a very good player to lose. You're right. Um, David Button came in for his debut against Everton, made a decent save in the first half, pretty good save in the second half where he pushed the ball onto the post, also dropped across. Um, he did pretty well generally, he did all right in his um second game at West Ham, but. Yeah, Matthew Ryan's the number one. I mean, it's pretty obvious he's played every game. Yeah. So they have lost their number one goalkeeper. So, <clears throat> like I say, one would hope that it wasn't the factor at, against Everton. Probably wasn't the factor against um, West Ham when, they, even though they let slip a two 0 lead to draw, maybe he could have done a slightly better on the first West Ham goal. But maybe that's being harsh. Um, like I say, let's hope it's not a factor. But there's no doubt their first choice goalkeeper 
he's not there. Whoever's in Brighton side, whoever's in Liverpool's side, I'm sure it'll be a, a really good game, you know, a good challenge for Liverpool particularly. And you look at the record at the Amex, uh, I think Brighton have beat Man United there this season, drew with Arsenal there. And I think in the yeah. past two seasons, I was just having a look at it because I know we were speaking it again on a previous podcast earlier this season. I think it's only seven times they've lost in the league in the at home in these across these two seasons, which is really respectable, isn't it? What is it about the Amex that make it such a, a difficult place for a lot of visiting teams to come? I'm not really sure. I mean, they... They were criticised of late for not really setting about teams and they've not been very proactive, but they've been a bit more so recently, um, certainly against Everton, I think against Arsenal as well, playing this different system. I couldn't really put my finger on it. There is quite a good atmosphere down there. Um, I actually look at our home record and I think it should be better. Maybe that's just how you look at you look at points that got away rather than points that are taken. For example, when they lost 2-0 at home to Leicester, which was their only defeat to a team outside the top six, they, had, they missed a penalty in in midway through the second half at nil-nil um, I thought <clears throat> against Arsenal they should have won instead of drawing 1-1 yeah. recently I thought they could have very easily got a point against Chelsea recently after being 2-0 down and out of it at one stage um, they could have even sneaked the point when they drew with um, Tottenham when they sorry when they lost to Tottenham 2-1 this season they could have they could have sneaked a point there so I actually think maybe it's been a bit greedy but I actually think the record at home especially against the you know the big six could even be better obviously Liverpool at home last season not being one of those yeah, examples of course do you think this will be the biggest test of the season so far no City haven't no. been there yet have they to the Amex I believe no. do you think this is the, the, no. the real challenge on Saturday for, for Brighton yeah of course uh, yeah definitely I mean uh, early on I thought Chelsea could run them tear them apart on, um, in December and right up to Christmas but, but Brighton got back into that one <clears throat> I can't think of anything which <clears throat> which really compete to this possibly Tottenham they were because uh, I mean Man United weren't when they came earlier in the season 3-2 flat at Man United so yeah yeah by a long way um, away from home obviously they played both of them Man City and Liverpool and uh, probably the biggest run around they got away from home was Everton we're speaking Thursday evening. Chris Hutton had his press conference earlier today, and I've seen a couple of headlines saying, "Oh, I wouldn't I won't bet on Liverpool? Won't give my money to Liverpool to win the league?" But I think it's poor headlines, really, because he's very complimentary, wasn't he, in his press conference today about Liverpool and and, and what they've done this season. To be honest, I haven't heard it, but I can imagine it was probably he was probably respectful to everybody, yeah. fairly non-committal. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, quite difficult, quite difficult to get a headline out of. <laughs> so, um, I, I could sort of imagine the thing he would say, but uh, yeah, the, he, it, it's not Gus Poyer who we've had down here in the past. He would have been, um, who knows what he thinks, but I'm sure he wouldn't have said anything to inflame any, uh, any or you know, lead to any inflammatory sort of headlines. Well, the aim definitely now, given the four points clearly, I think without putting words in there, Chris Hutton's mouth is that Liverpool is the aim is to win it. What's Brighton's aim for this season? Looking at the table, 13th now, 15th last season. Is it just that progression again? You know, second season in the Premier League? Yeah, they keep saying to stay out of trouble, not go down, stay up. Um, they're looking okay, aren't they? You can't, every time they sort of, you feel like they're comfortable and they maybe feel like they're comfortable, they tend to go on a, on a, it tends to bite them. They do go on a not such a good run. Um, I was looking back in the record books, actually. The last time the league went to Brighton in the top flight was when Liverpool came down in 82-83. Wow, wow. Season before, that's the last time. So obviously, last season they played Man City on opening day, so they weren't really leaders. <coughs> uh, the season before that, Liverpool came down here in October. Liverpool won the league. They were eighth. Brighton were above them. They were seventh. They finished <laughs> that in 13th place, and that's their best ever finish. They're currently 13th, so 
I think maybe not for younger people, maybe for the players they wouldn't be that bothered, but that'd be quite a nice landmark if they could finish one place above where they are now, which would be their highest ever finish. And it's a really close, it's, I don't know if you see it's really close amongst teams like Wolves and Watford and Leicester and all that. You know, they could have gone 10th if they'd have won at West Ham when they were 2-0 up. But one goal can make sort of three or four places difference. But I think 12 would be a really nice landmark. But, you know, third season in the Premier League is obviously the first thing that they... On their wish list. Definitely. Do you think to help achieve that, he'll be busy in January, Chris Hewton? Is the money to spend? Or does he want to in, uh, increase or add to his squad? No, I don't think he'll be that busy. I mean, I can't see anything that's crying out any you know massive holes in the squad. They've, they've done it bit by bit. Made a load, quite a lot of signings last summer, I think eight, but eight signings. And brought them in really slowly, really gradually. We were sort of wondering, I mentioned Andone earlier on, we were wondering at one point, you know, mid-October, why they signed these players. But bit by bit, they've started to really <clears throat> come into their own. They've, um, one of them is a left-back called Bernardo, a Brazilian, who yeah. unfortunately will be missing this weekend. And he's been a real find. I mean, that'll be... I like Gartan Bong, who'll be coming in in his place. But Bernardo has been has been excellent the last about six weeks, something like that. Um, so, no, I can't see any glaring holes in their squad they need to fill but the bigger picture of course is they need to keep improving they need to keep signing players who are better than they've got they need to be looking at the next Glenn Murray perhaps the next um, you know got experienced player like Bruno who's 38 do they need to get another right back in Montoya who was nearly went to Liverpool a few years ago yeah. he's been starting a right back recently doing quite well um, so I guess he'll start again so it's that it's, it's, it's and they're looking well while we've got <clears throat> we've had some you know a rumour that's a, a speculation that's flared again tonight so they're looking all over the place and they do need to keep improving the squad in general looking for players who are better than they've got at the right prices so that is that sort of thing it's that if you say what do they need the answer is they need to keep improving with a view to the sort of middle to longer term but it's not like they desperately need a player in this certain position some Liverpool fans probably looking at the transfer window as well, maybe hoping for that number 10, that long-term replacement for, for Philip Coutinho. Uh, I know when we spoke over the years, you've done a bit of work, haven't you, for Sport in Barcelona, the newspaper yeah, over yeah, there? You yeah, know. still do every now and then, yeah. 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 And do you know how, how he's getting on over there? Coutinho, we hear mixed reports that it's, it's not going as well as you probably hoped. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, no, he's not, he's not like the star man. He's not the name that I keep seeing... Um, it's hard, it's hard in Spain you have to sit through an awful lot of reports yeah. I mean there's a lot more speculation there than we've got here and, and they'll, they'll run stories a lot more easily than we will in this country I'd, I'd like to think no I'm not I'm not sure but I mean he hasn't been the star man has he? he's, had, he's had his bits and pieces he's, he's had his period there his times there but they seem to seem to play a slightly different system and maybe not relying on that on that same front three all the time but that's you know, you can't. They're doing okay. They're doing okay with yeah, it. Yeah, they're doing all right when you got Messi in the team. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Coutinho he was in, instrumental in that five-one win, just the last one, mate. Last season at the Amex. How do you see Saturday's game going? Do you think it'll be a, a closer affair? Oh gosh, you know, I, I turn up at these games and I never really know what to expect. And I've got about three, three or four different scenarios going through my head. Um, I'd like to think Brighton's system, this 4-3-3 with Stephen Bell Stephen sort of a deeper in the midfield three, Pascal Gross and uh, David Proper popping up in little pockets either side of him uh, wide players coming in, getting inside Andoni maybe stretching, giving Van Dijk, that's a big, a big ask but something to think about I like thinking it might cause Liverpool a few more problems, help make sure it's not just all one way, I, I don't think Brighton won't be gung-ho but 
Actually, Mark Lawrence said he's the ex-player of both these clubs. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, about one all, he, and that's about as good as he ever gives Brighton in the prediction. So, let's say it could. Let's say it could be something like that. Let's say it could be something tight. But I mean, who? You know, we know that what Liverpool can do on their day. I thought they would rip Brighton apart in August, and didn't quite happen. So maybe we should have a bit more faith. You know, lost four 0 to Chelsea last season, pulled that back to two one, and nearly drew. Lost four 0 at Anfield last season, pulled that back to one 0 and nearly drew. Maybe this will be the one where they. You know, they grab a point. It would be, uh, be pretty epic if that happens. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, we've just heard from Jurgen Klopp ahead of Liverpool's trip to the south coast to face Brighton in the Premier League on Saturday. Positive news on the injury front from the Liverpool manager, confirming that John Matip was back in full training here on Thursday. Um, he said he's got an outside chance of, of being involved at Brighton. And Jordan Henderson set to return to training here on Friday um, after a minor calf problem that ruled him out of that FA Cup tie down at uh, Wolves on Monday night. So... Uh, Liverpool manager waiting on uh, on Matip and Henderson in terms of his plans for, for Brighton away. Um, also, decent news on Dejan Lovren. Of course, he limped out of that FA Cup tie very early on uh, with a hamstring problem. A scan has confirmed it is only a minor issue. Klopp's saying he thinks he'll miss Brighton and Palace the following weekend, but should be back um, for the visit of Leicester. I think it is on January the 30th. Um, Adam Lallana, he's still out. Uh, picked up a knock that ruled him out of the uh, the cup tie so he uh, won't travel to Brighton and Joe Gomez of course is still out as well so Klopp confirming that Fabinho is on standby to play centre-half again the Brazilian did really well there I thought um, at Molyneux in really really difficult circumstances of course he had young Kajana Hoover 16 year old alongside him for well, 85 86 minutes it was um, but Fabinho showed he can do a job there and uh, certainly you know, you'd have thought it would probably be too much of a risk to throw Matip straight in um, on the back of what will be just two days training uh, before heading down to the south coast. So if Matip doesn't feature, then I'm expecting Fabino alongside Virgil van Dijk. It will certainly be a very different Liverpool team to the one that started at Molyneux. Of course, his front three of Salah, Mane and Firmino um, will come back in. And, uh, you know, it'll be a very different looking midfield as well with, uh, you know, certainly Wijnaldum and Henderson, if he can prove his fitness, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether he does give another opportunity to cater. You know, he could well get that chance with uh, with Fabino possibly being needed at centre half, and then, of course, at fullbacks, we're expecting uh, you know a fit and rested Trent Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson to come back in, as well as Alison Becker in goal. Um, Klopp adamant that you know again insisting that he he doesn't look upon Liverpool's FA Cup exit as some kind of bonus in the title race. He said, you know, he said I agree with Pep Guardiola. He said who said this week, you know, I I prefer to be in all four competitions. Klopp said, you know, I, I wish we were as well. He said, but this is our situation, and we need to deal with it. And he was obviously asked about the fact that Liverpool only have I think it is five games over the next five weeks. And he's going to get all that training time that uh, you know he often bemoans that he doesn't get here because of the scheduling. Um, and Klopp said, you know, it's it's up to us to make that count. He said, yes, it could be a benefit to Liverpool in the title race, but only if they use that time really wisely. Um, so you know, a depleted Liverpool, uh, and they need to pick themselves up back-to-back defeats. But you know, I think it's important to keep that in context. And they lost a, a thrilling game away to title rivals Man City, which could have easily gone the other way. And then, you know, the FA Cup defeat was effectively with a, a shadow team. So uh, a big response expected down at the Amex Stadium on Saturday afternoon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.